0: Hey, York Alliance, welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Tuesday, September 15th. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying this uh, crisp fall weather. Uh, Things are... uh turning at least for a bit. We'll see if we get a um, a flash of summer before we move fully into fall, but I, I, for one, am really enjoying the cooler weather. I hope you're doing well also. We uh, looked this week at the idea of forgiveness, and we did a slightly deeper dive in, but there were some areas that I just intentionally left open because I recognized we couldn't deal with everything on Sunday morning, and there's a need to uh, revisit, as I mentioned, uh, on Sunday at uh, the park I was at, we are going to be going into a practice series this spring, God willing, and we're going to really dig into the area of forgiveness at a deeper level. But I want to take uh, at least today and tomorrow to talk a little bit about some of the aspects of forgiveness that are some of the, the unique situations, some of those situations that make it challenging. And uh, maybe the first one that comes to mind with lots of people is what do you do when the person who you need to forgive, the person who committed the offense against you, what, what do you do if they are no longer living? What happens if you can't have interaction with them because they just they're they're just not alive? They're not able to have that interaction. It's a very real concern, particularly as uh, people have. Uh, suffered abuse or hurt, pain from uh, parents or uh, grandparents, aunts and uncles uh, that uh, maybe you've been separated from but have now died and you're unable to restore relationship with them. Um, on one hand, it's a really complicated issue. On the other hand, it's um it's relatively simple. Um, from the perspective that, as we talked about on on Sunday, forgiveness is a one party. Process, not a two-party process. Uh, meaning this, that reconciliation and restoration of relationship that requires two. There needs to be um, a willingness on the one who has, uh, on the part of the one who's been offended, to restore that relationship. But there also needs to be movement on the side of the offender to have a true change of heart and a willingness to revise not only uh, attitudes but. Actions so that um, life, they, they would make different choices. They would live differently, and that's why often forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation and restoration. Because restoration and reconciliation is not always a uh, a safe process. That same reality is true when the other person is uh, is no longer living. The. Obviously, the ability to restore relationship or reconcile relationship has passed away with that person, and there's no ability to be able to do that. However, forgiveness is a one-party action, not a two-party action. They don't need to be involved in the process. Um, it's necessary for you alone to be able to forgive. And so you're still very capable of forgiving someone who's no longer alive. Think about the three steps that we talked through first step was recognizing the humanity of the other person. Even when that person is no longer alive, there's a sense of recognizing that they are imperfect people, that they are not all bad, nor are they all good, but they, like all of us, are a mix between good and bad. And um, even though Uh, they have sinned in this very specific way toward you, Um, we are all capable of the worst sin because of our brokenness. And so we recognize their humanity. Surrender our right to get even. Now, it may feel like, well, how do we do that with someone who's no longer living? Well, um, obviously, the way that you are going to get even with them is not in a physical way, but it's often not in a physical way even with those who are alive. The way that we tend to get even rarely is about um, a a physical compensation or some kind of physical recompense, but rather it tends to be in terms of reputation, uh, of the way that we speak of that person, of the way that we think about that person. And so surrendering our right to get even is saying I'm I'm just going to be unwilling to speak poorly of that person. Um, if that's somebody in your family, maybe it's at family gatherings or as you tell your story, that you're just going to choose not to speak poorly of that person. Doesn't mean you're going to lie. You're going to tell the truth, but you're going to do it in a way that's filled with grace and is unwilling to get even by the way that you. Uh, you narrate that person's life and their impact on, on your life. Again, y- you still are being truthful, but you're um, not willing to get even through your words, a, a, a release of that right to get even. And then finally, revising our feelings toward that person. This is maybe the most obvious one and the one that is the, uh, the easiest to think about, as it relates to uh, someone who's uh, who's died, we have to choose to uh, forgive that person not just with our our will and our mind, but with our heart and our feelings to uh, revise our feelings toward that person, so we're not exacting from them even more than the offense that they've committed against us. And so, the best way to do that is to be Prayerfully uh, blessing the life of that person, even though they're no longer living. Meaning that you're uh, praying the heart of God for that person that you would, you're asking God to, that you would have feelings toward that person that are uh, no longer feelings of bitterness and anger, but feelings of understanding and grace. Uh, Even if you were hurt terribly by that person, just recognizing their humanity, surrendering the right to get even will lead very naturally towards saying, I I don't want to be angry at them anymore. I'm going to choose to no longer be angry, and I'm going to choose to think in terms of blessing, not in terms of anger. And so even though that person is no longer alive and no longer able to make a full circle towards reconciliation, forgiveness is still possible. And I would add this, uh, forgiveness is necessary in order for that that bitterness that's in your heart to be able to go away. Uh, let me make a parallel because some of you may be listening to this and saying, yeah, I don't really have anybody like that that's no longer alive, that I... Um, that I, I wish I could forgive. But the same exact process is true for people that you don't really know. Uh, we live in a world where um, there there are all kinds of people that we encounter, quote unquote, through the news and through politics, that, um, that we have deep anger towards, um, whether that be current politicians, whether that be people who have been accused of heinous crimes, uh, certain situations that have really struck a nerve with us, and the bitterness that we hold even toward people like that, that we don't truly know and that we can never interact with, that bitterness can eat us up inside just like unforgiveness in a closer, more uh, physical relationship, somebody who's in uh, closer proximity to us. And so that same process of releasing someone who has died, who has sinned against us, that same process is true for those who are still alive, but whom we'll never come in contact with. Somebody that we don't really know, but we know of. As that bitterness and that anger creeps into our heart recognizing the humanity of that person, surrendering our right to get even with that person, specifically by the way that we talk about them and the way that we engage them, uh, we engage their character, and revising our feelings toward that person. Again, not to say that they're a wonderful person that we love and want to be with, But that we are unwilling to uh, hold on to anger and bitterness toward that person, that we are going to uh, intentionally, as an act of the will, revise our feelings toward that person. I've talked to so many who, uh, particularly during this season, have a deep level of anger towards specific people that they've never met, but who've made decisions or done certain things, whether in the political realm or uh, in their individual realm that are deeply hurtful to us. And it's important for us to recognize that that bitterness, that that unforgiveness that we hold on to, it is just as dangerous for us with someone that we don't know and will never meet as it is for people who are close to us that we are engaged with. And so, uh, let me encourage you to allow God to uh, sift through your life and surface any area of bitterness and unforgiveness so that we would be forgiving people, that we, like Lamech, would be those who uh, pursue a lifestyle of forgiveness that we intentionally chase after being forgiving people. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, We'll look at one more aspect of unforgiveness tomorrow as we uh, continue this journey and then uh, look at some other uh, areas of the way that God's speaking to us as we go through this journey this week. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ would rest upon you that he would, by his Spirit, dwell within you, convicting and drawing, but also blessing and transforming, that we would be people who the life of Jesus flows out of us into the world around us. Would you receive that blessing and be that blessing as you go through, the, uh, go through your weeks this week? Have a great day. Looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow.